ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Thanks to Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Matt Deggs, who joined me in the last segment. I know uh, Cajun baseball fans got to wet their beak a little bit. 23 days away from first pitch for Cajun baseball. Cajun softball fans, I am planning on visiting with Raging Cajun head softball coach Jerry Glasgow next Wednesday. So we will uh, we'll try to do the same thing in that regard. But uh, joining me now, joining me later, let me let me quickly point out, is Andrew Lopez, ESPN reporter, writer, covering the Pelicans, covering the NBA, friend of mine, friend of Seth Lewis, who's my guest now from KTC TV3 and Seth Lewis Incorporated is uh, is Seth. And Seth, I, you, you've covered a lot of coaches working over there in the news from your time studying at LSU to your time in the news business. I, I'm asking this question sincerely and succinctly. Is Matt Deggs the most intense coach of any sport that you've covered? Ooh, is he the most intense coach of any? He's up there. He, he he's up there for certain. Um, he is definitely he definitely can be an intense guy. Uh, you know the you know the passion is in a in a good place. Oh yeah, no, I I don't I I, I yeah. say this like in a I mean I I love the conversation I just had with him. Like he, it's not just like, I'm not, I don't just mean like, oh, you know, a coach is rah-rah or whatever when you, during sure. a game. I mean, like literally like when you talk to him and hear him talk about baseball or talk about life or, or, you know, his book or prayer or whatever it is, there is such, and I said this like from, you know, from his first day as head coach, cause we didn't get to talk to him a ton back. We talked to him a little back when he was an assistant under Tony but I'm like, there's just this intensity that's always right there on the surface with Deggs. I mean, it it's his personality, but it's there. Like, sure. In talking to enough coaches over the years, there's it's it's palpable. Man, I don't I don't know how to explain it, but it's just it's such it's such a part of him. But it's it's right there. Whether it's a uh, man, let's just shoot the breeze and talk about anything not sports, or let's talk about my team or whatever. It's always there. Yeah, well, and you know what's funny. You say it, it is always there. That's that's a hundred percent. But you know, one of my favorite memories of him in the short time that he's been here is when the Cajuns won their first game at Southeastern. I, I went out to Hammond um, to cover that game, and you like when I saw him when, when we talked when I when I interviewed him, uh, like he was smiling. Uh, it, it it looked like a relief. And I could be, but it, it looked like a relief to finally get that first win because I believe they didn't win any games the first weekend, and I believe that was the first midweek game, so it was the fourth game or fifth game of the season. And um, and I, but it was I say that to say it was good to see him, uh, kind of with his guards down, kind of relaxed, because up to that point, all I'd seen was intense digs. I'm like, man, this this dude is this dude is wired. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many jokes you can crack around him. Um but uh but you're right though. Um he's always uh intense and intentional and uh and, and, and very and very locked in but he does have uh that side too that can uh that can appreciate the accomplishments of wins 
of milestones as well. No doubt. And and again, I, I mean it in a very complimentary way. Um, Absolutely. It is Absolutely. just uh, you talk to enough coaches over the years, Seth, and if you talk to them enough, you, you, you begin to get a sense of their personality and how they are with the press, right? Are they always going to have their guard up, guard down? It's not like Matt has his guard up. I mean, sometimes he won't be as forthcoming with the roster, but, I mean, just in general, just in terms of, like, personality. Like, you could talk to him about – stuff and he'll, he'll talk about you know the family whatever i mean it's he, he's a good dude but um there's just as there's that intensity man and um i, I you know in talking to him I, I you know i'm getting excited about the spring sports even though from a work standpoint it, it'll be hellacious for a while with all the work that uh, that comes with it over here in this building for me but i'm i'm still excited about it and uh and Wanted to bring you on, Seth, because uh, normally we talk some pals. I'm going to hold off on that a little bit and, and talk to Andrew about it, although you and I will probably talk you know, via text or, or next time we chat just about the team in general. I, I wanted to get some football talk with you. And That's probably happier talk than Pelican. Yeah, why not? Even though, you know, ugh, oh, great, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, yippee. Um, I want to start on the Louisiana front because, you know, during the 2020 season – one in 59 players was from the boot. So that's, I mean, we always talk about the football talent down here. Some years they have the most pro players per capita. This past season they were second on the list behind the state of Georgia per capita. But it's not a surprise that, you know, they've got a lot of representatives in in Super Bowl 55 coming up a week from Sunday. So you got uh, Leonard Fournette, Darrell Williams, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Elijah McGuire, who's on KC's practice squad, Ryan Griffin, who played at Tulane, Cyril track star at LSU that's from Kenner, that was on the Bucks active roster, now he's currently on the practice squad. You got Thakarius Keys, who was at Tulane, who's a rookie. You got Kevin Minter, the former LSU linebacker. Of course, the Honey Badger, Teron Matthew. You got Devin White. And what an impact that guy's made. Holy cow. Legereus mm-hmm. Sneed, you know, the rookie out of La Tech, fourth-round pick by Kansas City, who's really had a nice rookie year and is a big part of what they do defensively. I give you all of those guys' names. Are any of them a, a, a surprise? Like, boy, I didn't, and look, Ryan Griffin's a backup quarterback, but he's the primary backup to Brady. But are any of those guys, like, surprising to you or someone maybe you just hadn't thought about in terms of that Louisiana flavor in this Super Bowl? I mean, the Tulane guys. <laughs> You're like, who is the Garius, who is the Garius Keys? Okay, outside of him, yeah, you remembered all of them. I didn't know they were on the roster. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't keeping up with Tulane. That's no disrespect to Tulane. I just, you yeah, know, I yeah. just didn't know. I Obviously, you. I knew Elijah McGuire was on uh, Kansas City's practice squad. and I have a pretty good – knowledge base of the of the LSU guys just from you know covering them um throughout throughout all these years and even going to like I I was in school at the same time as Tyron Matthew uh you know I covered Clyde in high school I covered Leonard Fournette when I was uh at LSU Kevin Minter was somebody that was in in college the same time as me like like Tyron um you know Daryl same thing, you know, he came in the same year as Leonard Fournette, so I covered them at the same time. So I keep up with those guys. I will say um, as far as – so I'm not surprised that anyone is there, and I'm never surprised with the talent that Louisiana puts out because it's been constant. Um, I don't know if it's still the case. Maybe you were saying that about Georgia 
but you know, for several years they was it was the most they had the most players in the NFL per capita. Um and if it's not if they're not at the top, it's it should be very, very close right um to that. And um, you know, so no, I'm I'm not surprised in the least bit um how many guys uh are in it that have some type of connection to Louisiana. But what I will say is it's pretty uh, improbable when you think about uh, two of the running backs and how they got to these points. You know, you look at like Leonard Fournette. I mean, he was cut at the beginning of the season. It's now a he did journey. rush for over a thousand yards yeah. last year with Jacksonville, right? But like his style of running, uh, him being a guy that people feel like he has to get twenty to twenty-five carries to be effective. Like, that is becoming outdated in the NFL largely, outside of Derrick Henry. And so to see him get to Tampa, it really wasn't his backfield for the longest. You know, it was Ronald Jones. Uh, he had a uh, a great game, one of those first three, four games. But other than that, he was kind of silent this year. And now to see him rip off that 20-yard touchdown run in the, uh, in the championship game, uh, in the NFC championship game, uh, kind of look like sophomore year Leonard, like a lot of people say, because sophomore year Leonard is the best collegiate player I've probably ever watched in my life. Uh, well, I guess I've watched Joe Burrow now, so that that's, that's probably not fair to him. But uh, but he it was up there to be honest. Um, I don't know if I've ever watched anybody more exciting than that, and that's including Joe Burrow. That's how exciting he was. Uh, his sophomore year and the, the run that he just went on, like he was, he was absolutely incredible. And I, I've watched Derrick Henry in person too. But I mean, you know, that is that is what it is. And Derrick Henry is amazing. Well, yeah, tw- 20, Leonard, 2015 Leonard Fournette I, was was not like by those standards. His he is. I mean, he was a disapp- You some were arguing draft bust, which I thought was a bit strong, but just based on where Jacksonville selected him and the fact that they cut him, so. Criticism's fair. Now they cut him for for various reasons, but they did that standard of 2015. It was like you're thinking to yourself, I mean, this we've never this is incredible. When he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't produced that way. But to your point, it's been quite a strange journey up to this point, and now he's about to play in a Super Bowl, and he's a major part of Tampa Bay's offense at the moment. And he's showing how valuable he is. You know what I mean? Like he's never been a bad back. I mean, he's been in Jacksonville. You know, his rookie year, they went to the AFC Championship game. And, I mean, I think anybody that that has a pretty decent knowledge of the NFL and and knows what's been going on in Jacksonville, they've cared about their business very weird. Like, whenever Tom Coughlin got over there, and it was like we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna dial. We're gonna dial uh, back the clock in terms of our approach, and dial up the clock so we can find you for no reason. Um, yeah, like yeah, it was. Yeah. It, I mean, was some strange. weird, some weird, like literally. I mean, some weird stuff that uh, just was, was a bit outdated. Stuff. Bit outdated. You look at some of those guys. You talk about the uh, uh, what is it, Yannick Ngakwe and Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey. Like these, these are guys that are staples on some of the best defense uh, defenses in the league. Uh, and then you had Larry Fournette. It was just it was Blake Bortles was their starting quarterback, and they decided to roll with him another year. It's like, what? What would you do that for? Um, but anyway, though, um, it's amazing what Leonard's been able to do. 
But I would also say, too, it's been um, amazing as well to see what Daryl Williams has been able to do because Daryl Williams was Leonard Fournette backup. And then Darius Geis is back up, and yet he he was a guy. I I mean I like I like where you're going with this. He's just a guy that was was a really good high school player. Went to LSU, played as a true freshman, but because it was behind Fournette and then Geis, it was just never. He was just that grinder that kind of was like, oh man, you know, reliable there, but undrafted, right? Because he just didn't get the touches in college. And his work ethic, I mean, he's a guy involved in the offense right now. Damian Williams goes down before the season. He layers dealt with injuries. And there's Darrell Williams in that same role he had in college. Just, you know what, when you need me, dial the number because I'm going to pick up the phone and I'm going to deliver. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, you would think that at some point, I mean, they, you know, they've brought in uh, other guys. Like, Le'Veon Bell, I think he's he's hurt right now, but, uh, but Le'Veon Bell has, was, was brought to Kansas city. Like they, they brought other backs obviously with this idea of, okay, we got Clyde. That's our first round pick, but we're going to use other guys. And Daryl has just constantly found his way to the top. Mind you, he was a pretty big role in last year's Super Bowl Mm -hmm. run. You know, they had Damian Williams and then Damian Williams opted out, um, due to COVID-19. But, um, I mean, Daryl has been someone that even if it's, let's say it's pass blocking, he's provided a role that has been necessary. He's been that third down back. I didn't see that role for Daryl Williams. No. I'll be no. completely honest for you. I'm honest with you when he was at LSU. Never saw third down back as his role. Probably saw that more for Clyde before he went off than I would have seen it for, um, for Daryl. So for that guy who's been a backup for all these years, or I say a backup for all these years, but just really never the focal point for all these years, and to be such an uh, integral part to a championship contender, champion, a champion, and a team that could potentially become a dynasty, I mean, that's saying a lot. Absolutely. That's a, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty cool life story for him. He was a stud at John Eric High. He's a great kid. He was. And, uh, I'm happy for him. ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Brather. That is Seth Lewis from KTC-TV3 at Seth Lewis, Inc. on Twitter. Seth. This two-part question, of these guys with the Louisiana ties that we've, we've listed, and you knew all of them, obviously, except for the Carious Keys, um, <laughs> what, 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 but the other 10, you're right, easy to remember, who's, yeah. who's going to have the biggest impact on, sun, on, on uh, next Sunday's games, Super Bowl's a week from Sunday, who's going to have the biggest impact in that game, and who's a sleeper pick that you're like, you know what? Don't this guy's not going to be anyone's choice, but keep an eye at it. Because my, I'll, I'll just throw you my sleeper out there. I, my sleeper is Legereus Sneed, just because they they involve him in the pass rush. The the rookie out of La Tech, even though he's a DB, he's got some sacks this year. You saw him making plays last Sunday. You know, one interception, one big sack. You're like, look at this guy, right now. I also think it's. I don't see him being the top guy. I mean, I mean, there's a number of ways you could go with this, but who's going to have the biggest impact of all these guys we've listed? Well, it, it's funny because I was going to say I don't even know if Legereus Sneed would count as a sleeper. I guess he is a sleeper because that's just not – he's not going to be one of the first names on the marquee. Like he doesn't kind have like a chance Tyron. to be the MVP of the game, of the, in my opinion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
Right. I, I agree with you on that. But uh, but Legereus Speed would definitely be my sleeper, and it's in part because of the unit he's a part of. I mean, um, it was not easy for Josh Allen last week. You know, um, Josh Allen wasn't necessarily getting pressured a whole lot, but, I mean, he fell, in, he fell into some sacks. Uh, he had to improvise, in part because Kansas City's coverage was so good of the Buffalo Bills. Now, you could argue Tampa has, and not even argue, Tampa does have better wide receivers than um, the Buffalo Bills. And if Antonio Brown is healthy, they definitely uh, have a, a noticeable advantage when it comes to their wide receiver core, their receiving core in general, over the uh, Buffalo Bills. But their defensive backs are elite. They are some of the top uh, in the in. Of the National Football League. So, LeJarrius Snead would be my sleeper. And to be honest, probably uh, Tyron Matthew would be the person that I would pick of the Louisiana guys to have the biggest impact because he's just always around the ball, right? Like, Honey Badger takes what he wants. Um, he's always, since his LSU days, had a knack for the ball. And obviously in the NFL, it's not going to always – it's not going to translate to turnovers as much as it did in college but it does translate to impact plays as much in the NFL as it did in college. And, I mean, you just see it. I mean, he's just everywhere from blitzing to back in coverage to playing zone, reading the quarterback's eyes, tracking people down. I mean, he is someone that is, like I said, everywhere. So on that side, it's going to be him. And then on Tampa's side, it's going to be Devin White. I mean – he just, I mean, he's, he's everywhere. <laughs> he, he is everywhere. Uh, we saw that uh, against the Saints. Unfortunately. Saw that against, unfortunately. We saw that against the Packers. And, I mean, his speed is as advertised. Him and Levante Davis, they almost kind of remind me of, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, they kind of remind me of Dallas's linebackers a couple years ago, especially when they were healthy, just how they would, they would uh, fly around uh, Leighton um, Vander Esch and um, Jalen. Um, I'm forgetting his last name. But um, that's going to be important when you talk about the speed and the things that Kansas City likes to do. When you talk about, obviously, Clyde running the ball, but then you also talk about Patrick Mahomes potentially escaping the pocket. We saw that against the Saints, you know, third and 12, third and eleven him scrambling, getting out of the pocket, and being able to uh, to pick up that first down, there are going to be some times where it's probably going to be him and Devin staring each other down um, looking for the pylon. And so uh, Devin White is going to play a very critical role. He may be even uh, matched up against Travis Kelsey from time to time. And so uh, if Tampa wins, you know, Devin White's going to have a big role, and if Kansas City wins – Tyron Matthews is going to have a very big role in that game. I'm thinking, like in terms of White and David, they're not uh, they're not here yet because Ray Lewis is one of the best linebackers ever, sure. one of the best players ever. So I'm not I'm not suggesting that either is there yet. But for as young as White is, in terms of the speed you mentioned, it reminds me a little bit of, of of Lewis and Peter Bowler, who you know was such a, a a great player, multi-time Pro Bowler, and was a member of that crazy good 2000 Ravens team that uh yeah that won the Super Bowl but those two guys just 
the amount of speed they had, which let the big guys in the front. Because, I mean, like, as much as Tom Brady is the story uh, nationally or the, the top story nationally going into this game for Tampa Bay, I mean, he's done – he's played fine. You know, he's managed the game. He's he played past the Scotty Miller. He hadn't turned Especially the ball over. for a 43-year-old. Right. Oh, no, I, I won't I, – of course, of course. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over against right. New Orleans. He did turn the ball over a lot uh, in the second half uh, against Green Bay. But point is – he, it's the the strength right now. The reason Tampa's got a shot is their defense. That's it, it. It is playing at such a high level right now. But we will see. I'm I'm I think Kansas City is a favorite. I think they should be a slight favorite at three I so points. I like the Chiefs in this one because they just they, even though they hadn't covered in like nine straight games, they just reminded everybody Sunday that like they can just kind of flip a switch here and there like I don't they're I mean the Buffalo went 13 and three Buffalo is a really good team and Kansas City's like cool watch what we can do on offense like no lead is safe against the Chiefs regardless of how good your defense might be and I just think look Kansas City is built to play with a lead Kansas City is built to come Mm -hmm. from behind if they need they're built they're not the kind of team where you say boy the game needs to play out like this for them to win and and, yep. and and that's that's a phrase you can use about really good teams, right? You you can't use that phrase about Kansas City because they can win pretty much any in, in in any in any way possible. Oh, their defense just helped win the turnover battle by three. Oh, well, Mahomes, you know, they, they were down a few scores, but he just did otherworldly things no one else on the planet can do, and and he just threw four touchdowns and he was unbeatable. Oh yeah, like he here's something Mahomes does. Seth Lewis, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty. I hear people say, oh, man, they almost sacked him, though. And, like, when you say that about a quarterback all the time, guess what? You actually didn't didn't almost almost sack him. him. What the quarterback has done and what the quarterback is so good at is knowing how much time he has. I mean, these deep reads, crosses, slant, all of them. Like, he will let an entire play develop under duress – hold on to the ball until the last second, not necessarily because, well, nobody was open and he just made the play because he knows I can get out of this and I'm going to wait for this route to finish. Like, it's not, well, he had no one to throw it to and he barely escaped the sack. It's, I'm going to take as much time as I need because I can. And that that's why, even though it feels like almost, it's really not almost. And there's nobody like Patrick Mahomes, dude. Well, and if you're a high school quarterback, I would not watch Patrick Mahomes, for example. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of times when you talk about the best players and it's like, all right, like this is someone you should model your game after. This is someone that uh, you should uh, pattern uh, certain things. Hey, look, Patrick Mahomes is kind of like Steph Curry shooting 35-foot threes or Damian Lillard shooting 35-foot threes. Like, viewer discretion is advised. This isn't for every – do not try this at home. Like, you should not – like, Patrick Mahomes is someone, like, you're taught uh, as a, you know, as a quarterback, you know, like a three-step drop, five-step drop, and Patrick Mahomes could drift back seven yards, throw off of his back foot, and hit a guy 40 yards down the field on a go route, and he just does that because he knows to what you were saying. That's the amount of time he has to buy. Or he can sit in the pocket, uh, scramble to his right, and then almost throw across his body um, 
to Travis Kelsey, who's 15 yards away for a first night. Like, he does things that people are generally taught not to do, but he's so physically gifted and talented that he can just do it. And he really doesn't even make a whole lot of mistakes. Like, sometimes um, that would be considered a gunslinger and someone that takes their chances, but they get got sometimes. He doesn't really get got. Yeah, not often. A lot of times the decisions that he makes um, are the best decisions, uh, are not going to put his team at jeopardy, uh, per se. Um, And yet, I mean, it's just incredible, man. I've never, like, he does stuff that you just look at and you're like, I mean, I've never done that on a video game before. Like, that's a special player. I, I, anytime I watch him, I think that. Like I, like, I don't know if you could create a player that looks like him. I mean, he's just, he's just unbelievable. The power, the accuracy, his speed, uh, obviously his athleticism. Uh, and, and now, uh, not to say that he wasn't already intelligent, but he's he's now throwing in the intelligence and um, the uh, wherewithal, the, the the knowledge of defenses, because uh, he even said like you know first year, year and a half, two years, like you know this was just raw skill. Like now I'm really starting to um, to pick things up. That's just scary, man. That's a that's scary. But I'm happy to watch it. Uh, I, I am very very excited. Um, to watch it. He's probably my favorite quarterback to watch uh, in the NFL. And um, outside of the Saints, they're probably my favorite team to watch in the NFL because of just, I mean, they just do it so well, and it just looks so fun when they're doing it. ESPN1420.com. Seth Lewis has been our guest. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Seth Lewis Incorporated, Seth Lewis Inc., and uh, check out all the stuff that he and the crew do over there at KATC TV3. He does a great job, has for years. Always good talking to you on this show, man. I appreciate you uh, waking up early with us. So, uh, final question. I know the Super Bowl is a week from Sunday. It's a ways away, but I doubt you're going to change your mind. Who you got winning this thing? Kansas City. Me too. I have Kansas City winning. Um, You know... I, look, this is a very interesting predicament, right? Um, you know, first Super Bowl a team has ever uh, played in in their host city, right? Um, you know, so it makes it an away game for one team, you know, technically. Um, but, man, what a benefit to have played in that stadium already, right? Like, don't, wouldn't you think that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good thing to have had already? Yeah, yeah, and to have one in that stadium already, right? I think that's a pretty good thing to have, and to also deal with a crowd that's probably going to be pretty similar to the first time that you played there. I think that's also something that's going to be pretty pretty good for Kansas City. And look, man, I, I, I it it would be for Tampa not for Saints fans, but for Tampa, it would be the perfect story. Uh, Tom Brady comes down. Uh, they go to the Super Bowl in their hometown. They win the championship. He rides off into the sunset because, you know, I was discussing this with some friends the other day, and I was like, man, Tom Brady's just wired different. You know, he may play another year, but if you win 
in the home host city. Like, there is literally nothing you can do better than that to go out on top. Like, I don't know where the Super Bowl is next year, but if you go out on top in Tampa, like, going out on top in Miami or wherever the next place, it's just not the same. It will will not be the same. And so, um, man. It's in, I think, uh, I think next year, Seth, I think it's in, uh, in LA. It's at the, the new Rams stadium that the they same. share with the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles, Hollywood, doesn't matter. Not, not the same as winning at home. Uh, but for Saints fans, oh, what a relief it is. If Kansas City was to beat Tampa Bay in Tampa, uh, and you'd be the first team that played at your, at your whole city, and then the first team to lose uh, while hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, and I just think Kansas City is that. I just really think Kansas City is that good, uh, honestly. I think they guard their defensive backs against Tampa's wide receivers uh, is, a, is a very good matchup. And they do a lot of the things on defense that Tampa wants to do on offense. And I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's not a matter of if but when. It's not somebody you can stop. You can only hope to contain it. And what does contain look like? Does that look like 21 points? Does that look like 28 points? Does that look like 35 points? Um, I, I, I have I have Kansas City, and no, that will not change outside of Patrick Mahomes getting sick over the next couple of weeks. Knock on, knock on wood. ESPN1420.com or don't. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Seth Lewis has been our guest again at Seth Lewis Inc. on Twitter. Appreciate the time, man. Always great chatting sports with you, and we'll talk soon, all right? Yep, absolutely. All right, up next, we'll talk to a friend of Seth and I's, Andrew Lopez. The Pelicans. I, uh, I had a tweet that got a lot of action on Saturday night. I'm typically pretty long-term approach when it comes to the Pels, but I had just kind of had enough. and was pretty PO'd, and I actually don't regret it. Was I overreacting? Where does the blame go? Is this team okay? We're going to talk a lot about the state of the franchise with Andrew Lopez of ESPN Next right here on the Great Scott Show, ESPN1420 and .com.